hey, audio listener, you know there's video, right? Now, I, I get it. Some of you are on the road, so you have to download this, take it with you on a plane. Some of you read through Braille. So this is your only option. But for other people, there are exclusive sketches and visual elements. This is a night, nightly show uh, over there on YouTube or for Mug Club members. Ladderwithcredit.com slash Mug Club. The show is daily beyond the clips that you just get on YouTube or here on iTunes. It's $99 for the year, $69 annually. You get the mug, you get this show, you get Jared's show with Morning Grinders, you get access to Levin, you now get access to Gavin McInnes, some big new names coming, but we can only keep growing and uh, and spearheading the movement if you guys sign up. Ladderwithcredit.com slash Mug Club, but I get it. You're an audio-only guy or gal. There is no changing your mind. Enjoy the show. You're gonna get to me! Spectacular <laughs> special! <laughs> Who's open for a casting call? <laughs> Alright, great show for you today. If you can't guess, <laughs> tweet who you think that. I can't do this. Uh, remember I do like Michael Morris, people like, see, we really gained weight. No, I'm just literally doing this. This is how you do a double chin. You have to find a collar, make it too tight, press it up, and then do that. <laughs> You are disgusting. <laughs> Says the man covered in Elmer's glue. We have uh, today, we have Lauren Southern, because she was Ooh. in the recent Vox video. Yep. Beautiful. She's calling internationally. We have Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo. Hercules himself. And we have Kitties. Phil Robertson. Phil and Robertson. by the way, for people watching, um, we also, you, your costumes, you can still, so we've had a, a couple, but you can still submit some more costumes, a lot of with themed costumes. Uh, mm -hmm. Winner gets an autographed t-shirt from Not Gay Jared. Just so you know, Kevin Sorbo had to be pre-taped. That's why it looks different, because uh, we had to tape him this morning. He had a flight to catch. Producing the video studio as always is jared who is not gay follow him on twitter at not gay jared me get us credit with your thoughts your comments your photoshops which are always fun i fulfill my legal obligations drawing conclusions are we good we are good at g morgan <laughs> jr the wine man the sommelier in chief what's the wine of the day mr snow wine of the day <laughs> jacob's creek uh, finished in a whiskey barrel actually uh, i'm trying to sound you, nasty, right yeah uh, covered up in a whiskey barrel in a whiskey barrel really do you like whiskey that's no. so embarrassing <laughs> no i prefer vodka cranberry <laughs> Because off air, from a whiskey sounds, barrel. Off air, he sounds like Hermie, the elf who wants to be a dentist. For people who don't know, uh, we're going to be talking about the Trump dossier and what's been oh, yeah. going on with the DNC and Russia this week. Yeah, we'll be talking that's, about that's uh, Corey Feldman. What else are we going to be talking about? We're going to be talking about what's the question of the day? By the way, I, for, I forgot that because usually we do a segment. Um, yeah. You know, I, I guess the question of the day. We're going to be talking more so about Trump and Russia. Uh, mm -hmm. How? How? Just how deafening? Would you say, in contrast, the media's coverage of it has been? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, honestly, like, it's, yeah. the, it's the week broken. of gifts too with Uranium One. We got JFK oh, yeah. files really coming out like it's. But it has been the know, slowest news week, week when it yeah. really shouldn't. So okay, we'll get to that. That's fun week. Comment down below uh, what, if you notice the contrast between the treatment of Donald Trump in Russia, notice. supposedly, and the DNC in Russia, actually. Okay. Huh. Another news: Californians will soon have non-binary as a gender option. Huh. 
That's on great. birth certificates. <laughs> now, here's what's important. A lot of people will skim through this. This isn't a driver's license. No. Right. These are birth certificates, meaning parents are making these decisions for their children. Uh, right. Most affected by this, of course, will be medical practitioners. Congratulations, Mrs. Smith. You have a beautiful baby. Boy! No, sorry. Uh, Dr. Naki Jared was not made aware of your desire to have a non-gendered child. I apologize. No, that's that's a penis. I'm looking at it right there. <laughs> non-binary! <coughs> non-binary is what this baby is. This baby is free from any and all societal constructs. <laughs> that's a boy. Nope. Malpractice. Mm. <laughs> Sued. Bill O'Reilly said this week, there's just no way to move on, that he was mad at God, quote, over not providing more protection for him from the recent sure sexual harassment allegations. Which actually, it makes a lot of sense. It explains oh, uh, his latest book release, Killing God. It's <laughs> <laughs> a tough one. <laughs> Which, of course, is part two to his wildly popular Killing Human Resources. Oh, he really yeah. does, yeah. He's not a fan. Why? <laughs> You why, know, guys? why would you throw me the lion's den? Yeah, exactly. Lady anchors. I can't help myself. <laughs> yeah, why why did I block caller ID? <laughs> <laughs> why would you give me a penis and no self-control? Yeah. Turns out the no spin zone meant rape. Rape. Oh, gosh. Uh, speaking of which, a, va <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a terrible transition. A Vaseline-covered <laughs> man in a thong was pulled over by police. <laughs> In Oklahoma. This is actually Jared? according to the police report. Was Jared in Oklahoma? Beeb <laughs> noticed the man was trembling and appeared nervous. More unusually, he also noticed a nearly empty container of Vaseline in the car and a <laughs> pornography magazine on the seat next to Kellerman. After Beeb asked for identification, Kellerman handed over an Oklahoma ID card with his name on it. The deputy then asked if Kellerman had been masturbating. Kellerman said that yes. He had indeed been. I love that. <laughs> he had indeed been. Um, I, I, I mean... This is one of those stories where you read the headline, and it's the opposite of clickbait. It's pretty much what you expect. Hello, sir. Uh, license and registration, please. Yes, I was masturbating. Furiously. He didn't read you your rights. <laughs> you don't have to say anything. It's in the Constitution. You don't have to admit you to masturbatorial lawyer, activity. You have a right to an attorney. What did this guy think he was going to get away with? I don't even know what to say to this. I'm speechless. Well, there's, there's no need to say anything. Oh, Speaking of shh, sweet nothings, <laughs> Corey Feldman. Launched oh, yeah. a campaign to expose Hollywood <laughs> pedophilia. This is oh, boy. he. First off, before we set this up, because there are critics, and it's not that we think mm -hmm. anyone should be a pedophile in Hollywood. And I do feel bad for Corey Feldman. Yes. But this is his video that he released on Twitter. Here, let's let's watch this. But I need to protect myself. Uh, oh boy. And I need to protect my family. <laughs> and your makeup artist. Security. <laughs> and I need a legal team to help represent me, so that I can fulfill this mission. What I'm yeah. proposing is a plan that I believe can literally yeah. change the entertainment system as we know it. And by tiger blood. And I believe that I can also <laughs> bring down potentially He's a, documentary. Yeah. a pedophile ring that I've been aware of well, since I was a child. He's acting right now. Right off the bat, I can name six names. One Good. of them who is still very powerful today. 
and a, a story that links all the way up to a studio. A studio. Oh. I'm not going to say which one. <laughs> Invest below. The only hang-up, he wants $10 million. <laughs> Holy cow. For his Indiegogo. Ten, Corey, $10 million. That's a lot. Who molested you, Scrooge McDuck? <laughs> $10 million. You only need $600 worth of heroin to die. <laughs> We're going with the Halloween theme. Start. Insensitive. Insensitive. I just, it's one of those, like, I, under, I understand, and I do feel bad for him. The guy never, this is clearly someone, he dresses like Michael Jackson. Yes. He does. He and does. then he, he, he has he, no identity. He has no identity. Did he have a porn star wife, too? Not a porn star, I'm sorry. I, she posed in Playboy. I I, well, the thing, maybe, in the, I saw the wife swap. He was trying to act like Hugh Hefner in it. He had these, you know, these love yeah. angels, he called them. It was clearly a Hugh Hefner ripoff. He doesn't oh, know boy. who the, he is. It is kind of who like. Who are in, you, Corey? It is kind of like endangered servitude. When you think of, he didn't yeah. choose to be an actor. And he got no. thrust into an industry of the Weinstein's of the world, and you know, yeah, I, I am sympathetic. But to the him. thing is, like, that seems like he's treating it more like a, a, an award for turning these people in, yeah. Than say, you know, just doing the right thing, right? Like, could you imagine if one of the disciples knew Judas was the uh, the betrayer, and he was like, "I'll tell you, but I need some sheep and some shekels. <laughs> I'll let you in on a little secret." But I'm gonna need you to pay up first. I'm gonna need you to pay up first. And like, oh, and no, he already hung himself. Well, he already that hung was, himself. That was uh, fast. That oh, was wow. dark. You already knew Jesus? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Dang it. Hey, uh, uh, by the way, just to clear this up, though, hopefully we can clear it up because yeah. here to discuss this issue we have is we have him. Corey, no way. Corey Feldman himself. Corey, are, are you there? Thanks for being here. I'm very glad to be here, Stephen. Thank you. Sure. Now, obviously, you've heard uh, your critics. Why not just release the names of these predators? so that they can't attack again. See, that's, uh, you, you misunderstand the sensitivity of the issue, Stephen. That's why I need you to go immediately now to my IndiegoGoCampaign.com. Yeah, okay, Corey, but I mean, $10 million, it, you can see how one might think it seems a little opportunistic. You, you can just say, who molested you? No, no, it's not that simple, Stephen. This is all part of a very careful plan, you see? Well, it may be that simple because we have the man here who admits to the crime himself. Yeah, uh, hey Steven, you actually don't need to pay a dime for that information. It was me, I did it. Dick Molesterson, thanks for taking the time. Yeah, Steven, listen, there's no need to pay him $10 million. I am the one, Dick Molesterson, who molested Corey Feldman. Okay, that is not true, and that's Repeatedly. why you need to go to my Indiegogo campaign. It is absolutely true, no. Steven, and I have the VHS tapes to prove it, okay? Mystery solved, I molested Corey Feldman. Hard. Now, okay, see, that seems pretty cut and dry. No, it's not. And actually, I'm going to release all of the evidence, as well as my personal account, my upcoming memoir, which people can support at my GoFundMe, gofundme.com slash weekendandcoreys. No, no, I'm the only one here who needs the and funding. I'm looking to raise about I need the funding. Uh, $10 million, Stephen. No, no, this is, this is absolutely untrue. If $12 million are raised, I guarantee a bonus chapter on Macaulay Culkin. Corey Feldman and Dick Molesterson, everybody. Oh, oh, God, no. No. And that went about pretty much as expected. Yeah, All right, much. moving yeah. on down the trail. This is, I think, the biggest story from the week. Also, probably the one that's gotten the least coverage from Can CNN. Can you believe it? Well, the, okay, first let's, let's set this up because you've been following this yeah, as well. Yeah, the absolutely. most central proof 
for those who don't know. And this is where the question was, Have you, if you watch CNN, if you still have cable, have you heard about cable. the Trump, the Russia dossier and its relation to the DNC? And how much? Comment below. We really, I really want, you know, I'm not a big pollster, mm -hmm. but I'm curious. <laughs> According to polls. Because we dig polls. for the news and we're going, why is this yeah. not front page? So uh, to set the context, the most central proof of the Trump-Russia collusion is backfiring on the left. It was the Trump, it was a dossier, they uh -huh. called it, right? Uh -huh. So this is the one that alleged Trump uh, had directly colluded with the Russians to defeat Clinton. And it's also where the more ubiquitous rumors uh, from which they stemmed, like the Russian prostitutes and the golden shower. <laughs> the golden shower! <laughs> At least that was right, creative. Favorite, right. <laughs> yeah, they were creative. That's Go exactly it. Good job. It was creative out of thin air. Real estate deals that were intended to be bribes. Yeah. Uh, this is the one that BuzzFeed obtained, I think, somewhere in, in January 2017. Yep. Yes. Now, ever since then, the media has nonstop bombarded. I mean, listen, I don't need to tell you this, that Russia influenced the United States election. They're still mm -hmm. interfering in U.S. politics. Here, here you, you know this. It's a question of whether Russian intervention into U.S. politics, into high-level, top-level U.S. politics, whether it stopped during the campaign or whether it is still happening right now. I think she has a Russian hairstylist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, mother, this is new trend. We will love. Also, Score one for mother. Also, root for Drago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you think they, like, if your roots over. die, they die. They die. <laughs> what you think they like fly people over and had them vote in the elections the way they frame it, like they actually voted well, in your place. It's funny that you say that because it turns out then the Washington Post broke the story. This just broke this week that the Clinton campaign and the DNC had actually funded the Trump dossier. Roll Oops. the clip. Uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign and uh, the DNC. What exactly did they do? Well, I mean, they have a lawyer, uh, and that lawyer uh, went about looking uh, to hire is, is research this guy firms. Doing the interview from uh, a, one of the firms uh, that uh, they hired was this <laughs> company in Washington like, here called Fusion GPS. Fusion GPS, in turn, subcontracted out to Christopher Steele, the former British intelligence officer, uh, to help uh, get information about Trump's relationships in Russia. Uh, those in, those reports that Chris Steele produced were then passed back to the lawyer who was representing the Clinton campaign. Uh, wh what we don't really know is how that information was Much. then relayed to the campaign. Uh, uh, our understanding from talking to people who were close to the matter is that those actual steel reports were not directly handed to the campaign. So we don't really quite understand uh, how the information was passed, yeah. who got the information, right. uh, and, uh, and, and we, you know, obviously we want to know, uh, you know what they did with that information after they received it. I can take a wild guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really that difficult, is it? But before we get to it, it's important to note that uh, DNC officials have repeatedly, now, for over, over a year, and over and over, over, over denied over, they funded the report. Never happened. The only thing they like talking about more than Trump and Russia is daka daka daka. And they continue <laughs> to deny any knowledge of it. Take, for instance, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, demon in chief right here. When did you learn the DNC and the clinic campaign were behind the dossier? And then how can you, could you have led the DNC and be in the dark about the dossier? I wasn't aware of the arrangement at all. Or maybe somewhere <laughs> the arrangement. Otherwise, you're not really in any position of authority with the DNC. Oops. Or Oops. you're really stupid. But that would be sexist, so it wouldn't oh. be presumptuous. Both. Stop it. Let's see, send your send your sexist complaints to no, at fine. G Morgan Jr. Really He's the wine man. Uh, few, for those who don't know, Fusion GPS, Christopher Steele were heavily connected with the Kremlin. Yes, Russians uh, participated in creating the dossier. Now, to be fair, the Russian lawyer who Trump Jr. met with was connected directly with this uh, organization, Fusion GPS. Okay, so let's 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 give that. Yeah. Anybody else bothered that we used a British special agent guy to a spy to go do this? We couldn't even keep it made in America on this dossier. That's a good point. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy.
America first. America first. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Let's have British our influence. own American spies. There we go. Break the law and we violate don't have our good own spies civil to rights. Buy. Yeah, come on. Hire Ollie North. I'm sure he's available. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, now there are lawsuits, by the way, being brought against Steele. Mm -hmm. yes. He said, secret agent man himself. Uh, court documents have revealed that Fusion GPS was feeding the Trump Russia narrative to the Washington Post, Yahoo News, New York Times, New Yorker, and CNN, even before the election in, get this, face-to-face hmm. -face meetings with journalists. <laughs> wow. It wasn't just like an email that might have been, you know, hacked with WikiLeaks and Podesta talking about meeting behind a pizza parlor. It was actually face-to-face. -face. <laughs> this happened. Even the New York Times admitted, they noted this as of yesterday, there has been no public corroboration of the salacious allegations against Mr. Trump, nor of the specific claims about coordination between his associates and the Russians. None. No corroboration of the rumors with President Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. Right. My only problem is they put that, like, at the bottom of the it's article. At the bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that should have been the lead. What, what, what? You put this whole paragraph in the bibliography. Yeah, exactly. Why is it that small, fine print? <laughs> so... Now, we, we can't say there's definitive proof to put anyone behind bars in this case, but no corroboration at all as far as Mr. Trump's involvement, but we have tons of evidence that directly refutes the allegations against President Donald Trump. And that is important considering how the media has taken the ball and run with it. The New York Times even went on to admit some of the dossier's claims have been challenged with supporting evidence. That means bullshit. <laughs> For instance, Mr. Trump's longtime personal lawyer, Michael D. Cohen, produced to rebut the dossier's claim that had secret meetings in Prague with a Russian official last year. So what does all this mean? Why does it matter? What are you laughing about? Well, I don't know, I'm just, I love this story. <laughs> he's, he's a potted plant. He doesn't need a reason. It's like the little shop of horrors horny. over here. <laughs> what, were you going to say something? Well, I, I, I mean, once you prove one of these things false in this article, doesn't that pretty much like call into question everything else that they're claiming, especially the golden shower? Well, that's what's, like, that's like what's proven interesting. Like proven false. Yes. Proven. Yes, that's what's interesting. And if we're going to play by the left's own rules, they've been claiming all year that Trump worked on a professional level, meaning exchanged monies with the Russians to directly interfere in the election. Right. Uh, but but he didn't. Only one person did that, or one group, I should say. The DNC and Hillary Clinton's <laughs> campaign lawyer directly hired a research firm with ties to Putin and Russia to create a falsified report full of information obtained from the Kremlin to influence the 2016 election and to subsequently delegitimize President Trump. It's you know you know even their their god and hero Solinsky would be like you know I told the I told you to accuse your opponent of doing exactly what you're doing. But dear Lord, dear Lord. <laughs> no, you would actually do it. That's what we did. Wait, hold on a second. Hillary Clinton, you're peeing on Russian prostitutes? What? No. They had to get the story like, from somewhere. The only more ironic would be if, if Trump turned out to be a Mex illegal Mexican immigrant himself. <laughs> uh, that would be great. So we should dress up for us, Halloween. You know, it's real. So, uh, all kidding aside, they're actually in some pretty big trouble with how they handle the payments for this. They actually paid the lawyers. Don't use PayPal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They actually paid the law firm and didn't, uh, with the FEC, they actually didn't claim it. And so there's some big-time legal ramifications to that because it was like 12-point-something million that they paid for this. Yeah. So they're, they're in hot water, not just in kind of a PR sense, but they could legally have some big problems Yeah, I know. I, th th this is what's incredible to me. And again, more important is the media's... Yeah. How they're nowhere. <laughs> Where, why is no one talking? Again, this is, an this is an actual... If you're looking yes. for some kind of a red flag, this is it. This it, is the absolute... This is it right here. If this had happened with President Trump, you're talking about actual, just financial ramifications. Yeah. This is the red flag I mean, that stained all your other laundry 
the yeah. ink. <laughs> <laughs> Did you wash a red flag no. with the whites again? No. Just Hillary Clinton. I didn't know. My <laughs> fingerprint with Apple Pay wasn't encrypted. I didn't she know. Hasn't done I had a different decades. server for it. I He's... had no idea Ivan Draco was going to kill that nice black man <laughs> when I paid him $18 billion. Yeah. And you know what's uh, trending on Twitter right now? Trump paid $1.75 million or 250000 more than the past couple of presidents to remodel his Oval Office oh. or the White House. That's what's trending and not this? I could this not isn't give up. less of a crap. But that just shows you what they're doing. Like, this should be front page everywhere, and it's not. Do, do you realize that Donald Trump blows his nose with that amount of money? <laughs> like that's, that's no, it's people... our money that he spent doing it. It was taxpayer money that he spent I, doing yeah, it. Yeah, I know. But, but the... every headline is almost $2 million. He spent one point five, and they, they give you the Obama stat like at the bottom. All right, we have three guests. We have to get going, but I do oh, want whatever. you to come, and I want to see how many of you knew about all of this. Go check out the sources. Read up on these articles. Uh, how many of you knew before this? We have Lauren Southern coming up, and then, of course, a, uh, a, a pre-tape with Kevin Sorbel and Phil Robertson. Lauren Southern. This is a tumbler. Some people might try to tell you it's a mug. They might scream that it's just as good as a hand-etched mug, over and over and over again. They may fill it to the brim with shekels. You might even start to believe that this is a mug. But it's not. This is just a tumbler. An asbestos-laden tumbler. Bernard Sanders, a man of humble beginnings from Brooklyn, New York, a University of Chicago graduate, noted communist, and perennial unemployed couch surfer until his early 40s. You know him today as a champion for human rights, income equality, and as the esteemed Senator Sanders. Healthcare, human rights. But Senator Sanders holds a dark secret, for when he consumes his devious transformation potion, he turns into... Mr. Bernie. Unimpeded by logic, critical thinking, or basic impulse control, Mr. Bernie is an animal of pure instinct, privy to his most primal, carnal, and selfish urges. Uh, uh, human right. I'm the one percent fair share income equality. And this month, Mr. Bernie has but one mission, one fixation. For crying out loud, it's 2017. Why are so many living so high on the hog when others are left clearly without Mug Club? Try Mug Club completely free of charge for the entire month of October at louderwithcrowder.com slash mug club. That's a full three-month trial of Mug Club at louderwithcrowder.com slash mug club because anything else would be a violation of human rights.
right, the horrible intro, but for a very lovely lady. She deserves better than this. She deserves better than everything than Hollywood propagandists and Elmer's glue. You can follow her at Lauren underscore Southern. Uh, thank you so much for being here, Lauren. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. You two are looking very handsome. I, I mean, creepy, I, but well, still good. Well, <laughs> that's how uh, Harvey Weinstein self-described. That's how he described himself when he checked out of rehab. Creepy, but I don't think they were that opposed to it. Come on, let's Come be on. real. Three-day rehab for sex Come addiction. On. So I reached out to you. It was last minute. I know you've been traveling all over. You were in Japan. We did a video this week that that did pretty pretty well, uh, uh, based on Vox and their uh, sort of soft encouragement of censorship on YouTube. I didn't realize until halfway through the video that you were actually giving an interview to Vox exclusively. I thought they had just pulled from your YouTube video. You said, "Oh, there's more of a story to that." So uh, do, do tell. Right. So uh, I, I first of all find it I'm such an idiot because I should always record these things on my end. And I always forget it was a few months ago, actually, or something that I did this interview. And I was just like, oh, whatever, I'll just do a fun interview. He mentions at the beginning of the video that he put on this queer shirt to try and trigger me. I don't think I could even see it in the interview we were doing. You can it was see just the like queer, a shot of his not face. The shirt. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but. There's one part particularly in that interview it was all cut up completely. It was sure. like an hour long of talking. One part where I talk about Jared Taylor. And he had asked me what I think the limit is for censorship on YouTube. And I was telling him, well, you know what? Sometimes you see videos where it's just people yelling racial slurs, just yelling the N-word or anything. And that's kind of, that's like graffiti. Right. Why, why even have that? I don't see a point to that. It's not an argument. It's not someone trying to... Uh, portray something, and it's not really censorship to get rid of graffiti. I still think it should be allowed, but I'd understand if YouTube got rid of it. Okay. However, instead of those videos being taken down, what you're seeing is YouTube sandboxing people like Jared Taylor, who hate him, disagree with him, whatever, fine, but he's actually making an argument and not just screaming racial slurs. So he just cut that part of me saying, Jared Taylor is just making an argument. I can't believe YouTube's censoring him instead of putting it in contrast with me saying right. this whole other stuff about it. So he, he made me look pretty well, stupid I, I wondered in a why few you of those would, parts. I wondered why you would do it because I mean, the one thing is we know, and this isn't this isn't an insult to your intelligence, but I was like, oh, I, don't, I, I wish she hadn't done it because I could have told you that was going to happen. This is a guy who refuses yeah. to debate ever. Like if it were someone who had a track record of debating someone you disagree with, right, and you show up live in real time, but do you think looking back now, you, you probably, probably won't do that in the future where they have all of the control? Looking back, I'm going to record the entire thing from my end and upload it because right. I made, so, I, honestly, I think I did a really good job representing us. But if you're cutting out every second word I say, well, you're going to be able to make it look like I'm saying anything just like they did in this video. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, That's what it, I thought it, they were going to do too. Like, because we've, mm -hmm. we've repeatedly, I mean, we have racked up millions and millions of plays rebutting the Vox uh, videos, particularly mm -hmm. this guy. Was it Carlos Men? Mendeza? Maza? 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 I don't know. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Gabe Cuban, who gives his parents heart palpitations, that guy. Um, and just blocks everybody. And so that's why I was sitting there going, oh, man. You know, Andrew Breitbart was a guy, as a good example, was always willing to get in and, and stand and bang and trade. But he Ooh. always said, listen, if you have no control over the medium at all, don't put yourself in a position where they can make your argument for you. And I could see them doing that with you when I watched this. I didn't realize until halfway through the video, I was going, well, that's odd. I don't remember Lauren doing a video on that 
oh, she gave this guy an interview and he butchered it. You know what? My, my mindset was they're actually giving a platform for us to present an argument for free speech. And if they're doing that, I can't just say no and not present our side. But you're totally right. They, they boxed it up. They boxed it up hardcore. What I did find interesting about this video, though, is I think they're getting smarter. He kind of portrayed it in a very sneaky way where he was trying to be super reasonable. But the end conclusion was still all of these people are far right and they need to be censored. Right. But he he made it more reasonable. So usually those kind of videos have like extreme dislikes on them. But he they've gotten a lot more sneaky and smart about how they're implementing or promoting their censorship mm. well i think i think they probably see yeah like you've talked about jared the, the like to dislike ratio yeah. and they have to try and be less i think blatant. fox has always been very sneaky i think they've always been very good at hiding their arguments and, and manipulating statistical information and manipulating data to present their argument like, like the gun control video we debunked yeah they've always been good at that i can't see the button here I, we go. I know you can't <laughs> <laughs> sorry you walked into a disaster lauren it would you wouldn't feel so uncomfortable if you had a, a wildly inappropriate costume yourself yeah um, I, I understand exactly, and I used to be that way, where it's like, I'm just going to go on anywhere that will provide a platform. And then you realize, you know, as you become more popular, I, I don't have enough time in the day to do it. Um, and you have to make sure that's a platform where they can't totally manipulate what it is that mm. you say. You know, as long as you have a platform to present your ideas, win, lose, or draw, you know, you can sleep at night. Unfortunately, Vox has no interest in doing that, which is so funny because in that in that video, he says, you know, they have no uh, no duty to fact check independent bloggers or face up to debate. I'm like, but that's you. That's, that's you. you. And, and, and by the way, did the you ask him to debate you? Oh, many have times. You? Yeah, on, on Twitter, just like, hey, this is this is incorrect. You know, I think I'm blocked. Everyone's blocked Everyone's by this blocked. guy. He's known for blocking people. Okay, well. He sent me an email thanking me for doing the interview with him. So I think I'm going to send him an email back and ask him if he'll do a debate with you. Yeah, because sure. You that would be very show. fun to see. <laughs> I would love to have him on here. I think the reason he conducted an interview, you know, Vox has $300 million in backing. People need to understand this. It's not like, mm -hmm. okay, Lauren Southern versus, you know, bisexual Cuban who happens to speak at Vox. It's Lauren Southern versus $300 million in backing from eight, from NBC and other corporate sponsors. Uh, not sponsors, people who are actual investors, actual equity stakeholders in the company right. and they're and, sneaky and presenting it as though it's an independent guy and it's not and just so people know like i literally forgot about this interview because it was so long ago that's how much cutting they did in this interview that's how much time they put into stringing together this narrative unlike us where you'll make a video every day just your honest thoughts here's what happened here's the facts they have to spend months stringing together the narrative perfectly because they know their ideas aren't quite right. They know right. censorship isn't exactly moral. So in order to convince the public it is, it's going to take a lot of time, a lot of money, and a lot of cutting up people's actual words. Yes, that's a good point. And I think it's, a good, I think it's especially important with the left because, uh, you know, we see this all the time, whether it's Bernie Sanders or, or the Young Turks. They see, or we saw this with Bernie exactly, where he said, here are the facts, a majority the facts. of as though a poll is a fact. And so the left believes that if a majority of people want something, it is therefore democracy, ergo it is the right argument. And right now, their arguments as it relates to free speech, as it relates to open open speech online, I should say, I hate to use the term free speech because yeah. First Amendment businesses, it gets complicated. It is a losing argument. It's an unpopular argument. And that's the first time for them when their whole 
their whole worldview is based on this pseudo-populism, it's tough to realize that most people don't agree with you. Um, yeah, and one thing I would like to bring up with you, because they say vloggers, independent vloggers, have no incentive to fact-check. I actually think it's different because you've apologized, and I know I've apologized sometimes for getting things wrong, and the reason is because your audience calls you on it, so you have more of an incentive than anyone. Absolutely. Well, we don't have these one individual with an agenda that's just backing us with whatever amount of millions of dollars like Vox has. They really don't have an incentive to back check when the public don't have to hold them accountable. The public can scream and whine as much as they want and they can get as much dislikes as they want and they'll still have their millions backing them. I completely agree. It's the opposite. The Internet will reject you if you repeatedly give them false information. The Internet will throw you out. You will no longer get the views you did. 4chan, whoever it is, will just tear you a new one. You'll have a million skeptic channels that'll just rip you to shreds. And it is way, you are way more connected with the people as an independent blogger than a lot of these personalities like Rachel Maddow on the news. It's almost like an above you thing where people can't go and really send Rachel Maddow, Maddow emails. She doesn't have Patreon backers. She doesn't really reply to any small critics on Twitter. Right. It's a totally different world. It, it is a different world. And as a matter of fact, you'll have all those skeptic channels and people who hate you, even if you do try and fact check yourself. So that's, <laughs> it, it happens no matter what. Were you going to say something, Jerry? I was going to say the big, big issue is that the people who find you on the internet also know how to use the internet. So, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, grandpa, I'm watching CNN, like, I knew it! I knew it! Trump did it all! I knew yeah. it. I don't like that Kirsten Powers on Fox News. I'm going to email the man who sells the gold. I think he's the one. <laughs> they know they can reach you right Right away. Yeah. But listen, I don't need you to, to set up a debate for me. That, that's several steps removed. If it happens, great. People are always welcome on this show. I would love to see you and him actually have a conversation in real time because I think that would be really interesting where you could maybe ask him uh, about the things that he didn't include with your interview. I wouldn't bet on it, but uh, I'd love to see that. Where's the best place for people to find you so they can actually watch your independent content, Lauren? Absolutely. I'll, I'll try that for sure. And they can find me at Lauren underscore Southern on Twitter or just look up my YouTube channel, Lauren Southern. Lauren Southern, we have next, I believe we have, oh, do we have, who do we have next? Ooh, ah, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah, ah, it's, it's done, we're going to serve the And now for Barely Legal with Bill Richmond, sponsored by Mug Club. Hi, I'm Bill Richmond, the half-Asian lawyer with Louder with Crowder, here to help clear up confusion and dispel myths regarding commonly misunderstood legal terms. We have a question this week from Dan from Mississippi. Dan asks, Bill, last week I couldn't tell whether we were talking about being liable or the term libel because of your thick half-Asian accent. Dan, I'm glad to help. While some people would consider me to be from a third world war ravaged country known as Chicago, Illinois, I think the problem lies in the fact that you need to get the shit out of your ears. Last week, we were clearly talking about being liable for civil damages or civil remedies in a civil lawsuit. By comparison, libel is the written communication of false statements that harm the reputation of another. It falls within the, under the umbrella of defamation. The other version of defamation is spoken or oral, and it's called slander. So if I were to come to your house and tell your family that you have the same amount of IQ points as you do teeth in your head, and if that weren't true, that might be slander. I hope I've cleared up that confusion for you. And for Louder with Crowder, cheers. This has been Barely Legal with Bill Richmond. 
sponsored by Mug Club. He's a busy man. He's all over the place right busy now. Man. But probably not for the reasons that he would like to be. But I, I grew up watching him. Yes. You can follow him at K Sorbs. I've met him a couple times. I don't think he remembers me because everyone's coming up and always fawning over him. Uh, that's what happens <laughs> when you are Mr. Kevin Sorbo. Thank you for being here, sir. Thank you. I hope you love my little lovely hotel background that I'm at right here in New York City right now. I do love the hotel your, background. Your background's a little cooler. It looks like a cool little man cave going there. It, so. it, it is a little. It is a little cooler. Um, I wouldn't use the term man cave just because um, legally we're not supposed to say that. Apparently, sexual harassment suits Z, you know Z behind cave. the scenes. Yeah, Z cave. Okay. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh hey, my God. Hey, you know, okay. speaking of speaking of men and not men, uh, just to get you in hot water. I, I grew up. I watched you as Hercules, and now, I don't you. know if you remember. I don't know if it was a spin off had anything to do with your show but in canada then there was young hercules and it was yes. ryan gosling and he's a it was yeah but he's tiny and so <laughs> as a kid i remember being sorely disappointed did you ever visit that set and think like this kid well well he came on the show um as a cadet at the school that i grew up on that hercules was trained on as a youth and so i worked with him and i remember going on my wife and said i just worked with this kid he's only like 20 years old He's 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 really he's good. There was something about him. He's got a charismatic thing about him. And then when they picked up the show, I didn't really think about it. You're right. Back then, because he's in good shape now. But back then, he was a skinny little kid. And, um, but I remember when the show got canceled, we went out to dinner before he's come back to America. And I would, I said, Ryan, you're you're 20 years old. You're a good actor. You'll do fine. And now look at this guy today. Yeah. He's all over the place. So uh, Just advise I mean, you know, him to put on some Timberlands, give himself a few inches of height, and then he can do Hercules. <laughs> I just remember, like, you know, you're lean. He's lean. But you're, I remember meeting you. You're about 6'3". I had a friend who dated him in Cornwall, Ontario. I just remember as a kid going like, eh, Hercules, come yeah, on. Come, come, come on. on. I wasn't so much concerned with performance so much as the guy I wanted to be Hercules. Hey, <laughs> speaking of Herculean ability, um, the sexual harassment in Hollywood. <laughs> you weren't coming on for this originally, but you just told the story. I was in Mediaite. Was reading it this morning about Versace sexually harassing you. Um, it's pretty blatant. The story. Hand goes. You can you explain it for well, people who don't know? I got to tell the story because it's funny how it wasn't wasn't a Hollywood Reporter or what was it in Variety? I can't remember now. It's but everywhere I did now. It, I did them on the Adam Carolla show, and he they want to talk about it. To me, it's in my book, and the way they write it, they make it look like oh my god, it was so traumatic to me. It was so I. I, I had a, I had three and a half years in Europe when I was doing the modeling thing. All right, so I'm living in Europe. I meet with Versace. He liked me. He puts me in his fashion shows, men and women. I'm because of my height. I'm in the women's shows because they're six one in their heels, and I'm six three. So it looks right. look then look like a midget guy walking with these tall women. And then I get invited to this dinner, huge party, big party, and there's like 80 people there. And I meet Versace, and I meet I mean Versace. I mean I mean I meet Pavarotti. I meet uh, Richard Gere. I meet all these people. Yeah, and the, the, I get called to another dinner later on. I said, "What the heck? I'm going to go." And my girlfriend at the time said, "You know, he's probably going to hit on you." And I said, "You know what? The guys already mentioned he likes me from my from my uh, the, possibly do his campaign. Why not? That's what we're out there for anyway. Get these big campaigns, B and GQ. So sure. I go to that part. Then I go to another dinner party. It's about twelve. Then the fourth time, it's just him and myself. Yeah, that's not a party. That's just." That's just well, a we're date. sitting at this restaurant. <laughs> we're in some like private room. There are people all around, and all of a sudden his hand goes on my thigh, and I said, "Johnny, come on, give me a break. You know that I'm straight. 
You know, he goes, I know, that's why I like you. And in life, <laughs> he goes, he goes, you a girl man. He, goes, he thought you were going get. That's it. I'm attractive to that, he said. And then he said, he goes, in life, you must make love to the dog and to the cat and to the girl and to the boy. You must make love to everything. It's all about life. And I just laughed as he's saying this to me. I said, you know, buddy, all my life I've been on this road and you're on this road. Without missing a beat, he says, I build a bridge. <laughs> and I, and, and I the bridge is my wiener. Know? I never got his campaign, but he still <laughs> we remained friends. Um, you know, uh, and and is that sexual harassment? I guess it is, but I knew what it was. No, but that I'm not, is yeah, sexual yeah. harassment. You are Kevin. his There's forbidden no fruit. Empty guy, so I'm not going to worry about it and think, oh my gosh, oh my my career is over, because I knew I wanted to be an actor anyway. The whole modeling thing, only because I was dating a model at the time, happened. I was going to move to L.A. from Minnesota, but this was a sidetrack to my life, which I don't regret because yeah. I got to spend three and a half years in Europe. And it was kind of cool to see how socialism can destroy countries. Yeah, there, there you go, Ted. Right? I was raised in Montreal and, and not KJ was just there for the first time recently. <laughs> he was like, I have Got no awful. idea. This is no, no, Montreal, beautiful city to visit. A beautiful but, city. But yeah, broken, but, just a yeah. spirit of brokenness and socialism. Uh, and taxes are up even more, the sales taxes from when I last left because Harper was still prime minister yeah. when I lived there. But I, I do find it interesting it was like the Pepe Le Pew. You're like, I'm straight. And he's like, yes, talk dirty to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, And here's one thing I will say that I really respect about this. Because if you, okay, just so you know, that's sexual harassment. All right, I appreciate you're playing code well, with it. Sure but, it is. But I'm, I'm a big enough guy not to let it, I mean, I wasn't distraught. No, you know, no, and me, that's was, what I appreciate I about it was you. Fun. Because you have other, these other celebrities out now who um, talk about the sexual harassment, but they sure. talk about it as though it's traumatic, and then they don't name names. Whereas you, you were very nonchalant about it. You're like, yeah, listen, this happened. Versace, if I'd have let him, would have reached up, grabbed my balls. I told him not to. I didn't get the gig. But you named the name, yeah. and you didn't play the victim. It, it's it, Have you noticed that's a stark contrast to everyone else coming out? Like, nobody ever says... I did it. Whether it's wine, it's, it's 20 years <laughs> later, it became really distraught over it. Yeah, 20, like 20 years, later, years later, all of a sudden they're having PTSD flashbacks. This is very unique in the way you presented this story. Did, have you sure. noticed that? Well, I think, yeah, I think it's, I just think it's funny how, I mean, I'm sure that I'm going to get people coming at me now and I'm going to laugh at it because it's a joke. It's in my book, True Strength. <laughs> It's in the book. Check it out. I'm not blasting. I'm not being mean to him. He, I, to me, it's like I, I, I respected his talent. I loved his suits. You kidding me? The best suits around were yeah. Versace's. So it was. It was. I just. I just think it's kind of funny. But you know, they're going to take anything if you have a different point of view uh, from if you're a conservative, and they're going to blow it up and make it look like even though they'll do the same thing, but it's okay if they do it. But I, I do wonder why now they bring it up. Like you said, if it's in your book, why didn't anyone care back then? Was it just because, you know, straight, white, Some, tall male, you think? It's the bandwagon. They didn't, well, they didn't read my book. <laughs> <laughs> Except for Sachi, he had it by his nightstand. He's like, oh, yes, I remember. I built a bridge. Um, hey, final question before I want to move on to the other projects. I've heard this, you know, having been an, an actor for uh, a good portion of my life before I started doing stand-up, um, that more male models are straight than actors, that it's actually rare for male models to be gay. It's usually actors who are gay. I have no experience clearly in the male modeling world. Was that, was that your experience? It's just an aside. Um, I don't know what the stats are, but I don't disagree with that because... I almost pretty much every single guy that I met over in Europe, in Italy and in, in France and London, wherever, as far as I knew, they were straight. There was only one guy that t told me after about a year, he goes, by the way, I'm gay. I went, what, really? I had no, yeah. I had no idea. And then he reached up your leg and said, I'll build a bridge. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> 
No, but it was. Um, yeah, I, you know what? That I, I I can't disagree with that. It wouldn't it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it's, it's like male cheerleaders. They're, they're the they're the straightest of them all. They're the smartest of them. So all. smart. Those guys are brilliant. When people used to mock George W. Bush, like he was a male cheerleader, I'm like. Did you see where he went to Such school? Such a player. Did you see the ladies? Uh, okay, so we can move on from this. I'm glad there's no uh, uh, post-traumatic stress with Versace. Um, I'm doing okay. You can send him my way. I'll build a bridge if he gives me some suits. Uh, look, 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 I grew up. I grew up watching I Dream of Jeannie, and I, I met Barbara Eden years ago, and I told her I was only like seven when I watched his show, and I knew I had no problem with my sexual identities. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, very, very like, quickly. Look at her. Okay, I'm done. Yes, exactly. As opposed to Naki Jared, who was just looking at the red power. Ranger thinking, okay, this is my kind of, this is my bag. So, tell us about your, your we have, don't have a ton of time, but your uh, latest project, you know, Let There Be Light. A lot of people now who are younger, um, who maybe weren't introduced to you with your, your previous work like Hercules, this is kind of how they've come to know you in a lot of faith-based uh, works. What was the transition like? And then, of course, that leads into Let There Be Light. You know, it wasn't really a, a transition. I mean, I did I did Hercules seven years, which was certainly a family-friendly show. Then yes. I did Andromeda five years up there in Vancouver. I lived in the BC for five years, loved it. And then since then, I've shot over 50 movies. There's probably 15 I wish I didn't do. But um, <laughs> I, I did a movie back in 2011 called What If? And it was, it was by the Pure Flix guys, the same guys that did a really successful movie with them called God's Not Dead. Right. I've been Soul Surfer, the Bethany Hamilton story. So that's kind of a road I didn't, wasn't planning on going down. I am a Christian. I am a conservative. But uh, I wasn't on purpose saying, okay, now I'm just going to do Christian movies. But once, once I came out of the conservative closet, the tolerant world of Hollywood stopped calling me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the ones who seem for tolerance. And um, so I've stayed alive doing, you know, independent movies. Uh, this movie, Let There Be Light, is just an, an amazing movie. My wife wrote it, co-wrote it with Dan Gordon. Dan Gordon is a big Hollywood writer. He wrote The Hurricane with Denzel Washington. He wrote uh, um, uh, The Passenger 57 with C. Snipes, White Earp with Kevin Costner. They came in, wrote this. About less than two weeks after I read the script, I get a call from Sean Hannity. And Sean says, Kevin, I want to do a movie with you. I like your faith-based movies. Do you have one? Yep, we got one. Flew to New York, we pitched him. He wrote a check right then and there. Less than six months later, we're filming this movie, and now it's done, and it opens. Uh, it opens this weekend. Oh, but he's not. He's not starring in it, correct? Sean Hannity is just. He's. He's in the movie a little bit as himself. Okay, I was gonna say that that might be a little rough because I've I'm done some bits with Sean. No, I'm the lead in it, and okay. my wife is the female lead in it. Uh, and actually, my two boys, who I'm gonna call to come in here, because you have huge fans with my two sons. Oh, geez. They well, gotta poke their heads in and say hi here. Get so them I... watching somebody else, Kevin. Get them watching. Get <laughs> them in a room with Versace for all I care. Build some bridges for the love of God. Turn the <laughs> dial. Um, this, is a, this is a great movie and people gotta go to letthebelightmovie.com letthebelightmovie.com because, okay, we're an independent film. We're a $3 million movie, alright? That's right. like that's like catering on Pirates of the Caribbean. We don't have $150 million to throw out there for all these uh, promotion stuff. So people stop me all the time. Used to be because of Hercules. Now they stop me all the time because of my right. faith-based movies. Please make more. And I said, well, then you have to support them. So please go to letthebelightmovie.com, support the movie. If it's not in your town, you can go to the theater and say, we'll fill this sucker up, and they'll bring it there, I promise. Yeah, and a lot of people are doing that. Uh, again, it's Let There Be Light. It comes to theaters, or if it's not in your theater this Friday. And uh, yeah, but I want to, you know, we'll have you back and talk about that, because we have Phil Robertson uh, on today's show as he well. Wants to get and he knows this all too well, coming out in the tolerant left. They went after him. So it just so happens that you're two stories correspond. That's Let There Be Light film uh, at KSorbs, where you can follow movie. me. LetThereBeLightMovie.com. Damn it, I ruined the plug. I'm trying to no, build yeah. bridges. I'm not as good. Let there be light.
He's going to poke his head in here right oh, now. Oh, oh there we go. Okay, before the break, the music's coming in. Look at and him. movie playing my son. There you go. You make you make good-looking children. That's another skill. You're, 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 you're just full of male modeling and acting and making humans. We'll be right back after this. What are you going to say? that snazzy t-shirt. Looks like someone's been dropping some coin at louderwithcrowdershop.com. Now, come near, let the world see, don't be shy. There we go, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, now, someone's trying to be a sneaky fellow. Let's go, wear that bad boy loud and proud. Nothing to be ashamed of here. Say, what's the big idea? Stop kidding around and show everybody your swag. Don't make me come down there. Well, now your t-shirt just says socialism, which is far more embarrassing. There we go. See, nothing to be afraid of. Available exclusively at louderwithcrowdershop.com, mug clubbers are almost never beaten up for wearing a long-sleeve socialism is for fags t-shirt. Unless, of course, you're sickly looking and lacking self-confidence. And that's why we now sell long-sleeve versions, perfect for those cool summer nights and covering up a lifetime of gym avoidance and poor decisions. Get yours now at louderwithcrowdershop.com. That's louderwithcrowdershop.com. Because anywhere else would be pure faggotry. So October's wrapping up. louderwithcrowder.com slash mugclub. It is mugclub is a human right month. Mm. It's the end of it. You could have been trying it this whole month, but you can still try. There's time left. Actually, I think a seven-day trial goes so at this point. Either way, you're getting seven days. But uh, louderwithcrowder.com slash mugclub. For those who miss, you see the clips every day on YouTube. We do a show every single day. It's also what keeps everybody employed. Unfortunately, yeah, even not gay, Jared. It's 99 annually. That's for you. 69 for students, veterans, or active military. We're going to blow past a million subscribers on YouTube here. Uh, the only completely independent channel that I know. We, we don't have multiple shows in this channel. It's not like Young Turks. There, there's some other conservative channels that have you know, many, many shows in their channel. We're, I don't begrudge those people for that, but this is the only show on this channel. We're doing one video a day, five times a week. And the growth is entirely because of people like you who subscribe, who join the Mug Club. It is the paid content that allows us to continue releasing more and more free content. We appreciate it so much. And listen, the more you keep joining, the more we'll grow, and we'll fight back as best we can. And if you don't, I'm going to go molest the umbrella tree. Let's be honest, I'm going to do it anyway. Bladewithcutter.com slash Mug Club. There we go. Keep clicking. Glad to have our next guest. Now, before I bring him on, I want to run a clip. This is for people out there. If you're a mug club or if you're a subscriber to CRTV, it's the latest show announced. Mm -hmm. You guys know him, of course, of course, as Happy 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 from Duck Dynasty. Uh, notorious or just famous, depending on, on where you line up. Uh, let's see a clip of this now available for people at CRTV. Let me tell you a story. Driving home and I see a dark object in the middle of the road. It was a grizzly bear just stalking him. All I saw was a white flash come at my face. Huh? And then I blacked out. 
the woods, they're always quiet. There's no one here but me. That looks intense. Looks, it's like Breaking Bad. It looks, looks like Breaking Bad with beards. Maybe Phil Robertson goes on a drug spree. Well, hold on. So, you don't know. No, I, I, I highly doubt it. Uh, you can follow him on the Twitter at Duck Commander PR. Mister, the, the, the leader of the Robertson family, mm -hmm. Mr. Robertson, Phil Robertson. How are you, sir? Doing well. Well, we're glad to have you here. So this show, uh, like I said, it looks intense. Now, you obviously kind of took a hiatus from sort of, I guess, broadcast your own program after Duck Dynasty. What made you want to come out and, and do this? And how is it different? Like, what are we going to see from Phil Robertson that people haven't seen before that it's now unfiltered? Well, my oldest son said, Dad, he said, when someone catches you on a cell phone, and you say a few words or offer a little advice, uh, we noticed that uh, usually there are a lot of people who respond to that, as in millions. Yeah. He then said, therefore, Dad, you need to talk more. And I said, well, figure out how I can do that and show it to me and uh, we'll talk it over. You have to remember, <laughs> I'm not computer savvy. I've never been on the internet. Me knowingly yeah. clicked on to it. I don't fool with that, nor cell phone. So I'm sort of illiterate when it comes to cell phones or computers. Well, there probably aren't a ton of them out in the woods, but that's got to feel good. Most kids are not telling their dad, like, hey, dad, I need you to talk more. Most talk of, more. Shut up, dad, stop. <laughs> so that's got to feel little, good. Little unusual, but I said, okay, let's talk more. I said, hey, figure out uh, if we're going to do this, figure out how you get a little revenue stream, and we'll try to get a few words out to America. I think they need a few. So yeah, well, they that's, took it from there. That's an important point because uh, uh, a lot of people want to hear what you have to say. Duck Dynasty mm -hmm. sort of – I will tell you this. I, I don't have cable, okay? So kind of like you with television. I was not a viewer of Duck Dynasty because I haven't had cable my entire adult life. I stumbled yep. on it accidentally actually the day after my wedding so mm. we were this was we had uh, we were waiting before we left for a honeymoon we were in a hotel and it was rainy there wasn't much to do and i watched it and i said huh it's just a reality show where people are decent and then it hit me this is very bizarre it's a reality <laughs> show where people are decent and that's where it registered with with a lot of people and then you were run out on the rails from the entertainment industry i'm putting this in quotes here um simply for being decent. Do you feel like you were you were kind of a landmark there? Because it, it was really striking mm. how most of America reacted to your comments versus the publications and, and media. Well, the, the guy walks up to me in, in, in a magazine interview on how that got started, and he asked me, did I believe homosexual behavior was a sin? And I quoted 1 Corinthians 6, 9, and 10. Oh Don't be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral, the idolaters, the adulterers, the male prostitutes, the homosexual offenders, thieves, greedy, drunkards, slanderers, or swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And I just let that, I, that was my answer. I just quoted a Bible verse. <laughs> right. Amazingly, it was... It hit the news media that I was a low-down, sorry, good-for-nothing, and I basically was thinking, well, they're arguing with God here. I just gave him a Bible verse, but the news media didn't know it was a Bible verse. Yeah. So two weeks later, they finally find out it's a Bible verse <laughs> by that time. 
By that time, the public, uh, when I got fired, they told me later, they said, Mr. Robinson, we didn't actually fire you. We put you on what we call an indefinite hiatus. <laughs> yeah. I said, yeah, I read that. I said, I looked up hiatus and it said a gap in the proceedings. I said, I think you sent me down the road. <laughs> Only in Hollywood is 2,000-year-old information shocking. Right, yeah, exactly. You'd think the Weinsteins could get on that and be like, hey, listen, it seems oh. he was quoting a blogger named Corinthian. Uh, Corinthian. I believe the yeah. second. I'm not sure. Can someone get a fact checker on this? And they did. All I have to say is be careful when you quote Bible verses in America because you can hit the road in a heartbeat. Well, but wait, what surprises me is this wasn't this wasn't news in the sense like anybody who know, knew about Duck Dynasty, you were, you're a Christian conservative family. I mean, it's pretty sure. obvious, if not from the beard, let's be real here, by the way. Congratulations, I can't grow one. I look like a creep. <laughs> but it, it's pretty obvious. It just seems as though this was, again, selective outrage. The magazine writer, I think it was GQ, it might have been Esquire, I don't know, decided, oh, this is, I'm going to avoid swindlers and thieves. And regardless of people even watching right now, whether they agree or not, said, oh, I'm going I'm to pick the outrage today that Phil Robertson has a problem with homosexuals. Um, no one who would have watched the show, this is why I think it's so important for people to, to see your show and, and, and subscribe there at CRTV. No one who watched Duck Dynasty was offended by it. That's what's so not, weird not to me. Not at all. Yeah. So, so, yeah, not at all. So You have to remember, what's amazing is everyone was shocked after all the smoke cleared because they said, uh, Mr. Robertson, did you hear from any group, uh, the other nine uh, groups, if it's nine, ten sins, but the only the homosexuals hollered, and I was thinking, well, looked like Washington D.C. would have called me swindlers, slanderers, but they didn't call. So I'm thinking, well, maybe I didn't hit them all. So <laughs> yeah, it was thought, amazing. Yes, exactly. I think uh, I think they're going. Hold on a second. I think the Clintons have that in a dossier. Let's just let's just do the homosexuals. That's politically expedient today. Um, let me ask you this. So now you have the show Into the Woods. Uh, what can people expect with this? Like, how is it how is it different from Duck Dynasty? Because obviously that's this this major network where whether you you guys want to say things or not, it's pretty apparent now there were things that they didn't want to be broadcast. What can people expect when you just go into the woods? You're just going to shoot stuff and uh, say things? No, this could be a little more intense. You have to remember, in our culture today, uh, there, there's, there's so many divorces, there's so many broken homes. Miss Kay and I, every day, deal with people that I noticed Trump today is declaring war on people on opioids. Well, Miss Kay and I, we deal, we go with, to the rehabs, to the prisons, and to all the people who come from all over the nation. Right. They drive down, they hitchhike down, they get on a bus and come down. We counsel them, and we try to get them to where they turn away from drug use, opioids, heroin, crystal meth. So we, on an ongoing basis, these are the people we work with. We point them to Jesus and say, look, you can be forgiven. I know you're in the rehab. What you need is to be redeemed instead, and along with rehabilitation. There's right. a difference. No, that's so important. To get them and, and you can only do it, right? The people you're dealing with are, again, the people you would list from that Corinthians verse. <laughs> Swindlers, stealers, drunkards, all of these people. And you can only help them. Mm. You can only help them. Let's get, let's get rid of even the spiritual side for people who watch who are atheists. Let's just talk rehabilitation. If you recognizing first step, acknowledging a problem. That would mean I'm a thief. 
I should probably get on that. I'm a drunk. I should get on that. You need to judge. That's to the fix show. It. That's the show, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's just... And boy, we have plenty of listeners and plenty of ones. Hey, hey, get out of me. Salt water made us. I'm like, salt water? So we begin there and we just morph out. Uh, you liable to see a, like a guy, like a um, astrophysicist, he'll be riding along with me, you know, and we'll let the astrophysicist, I know some, so uh, got to remember I'm a C plus man, but every <laughs> once in a while I run, I run with A plus men just to hear what they have to say. Well, you're so selling yourself be short because I've heard so, some stories about you. I mean, even football, people have to pull right, that out of you. He was a monster. A monster. For people who don't know, a lot of our audience, they're very young. They don't know. How you, at, you know, Terry Bradshaw ended up afterward only being fortunate enough because of your spot that was vacant. You're, you're very humble in this. You're, you're much, much smarter and also a much better athlete than most people know. Remember, I just concluded that it would be much safer to chase ducks than to have large, violent men chasing me. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I do understand, but I know the coach was none too happy about it because he had the an chase is not is, The chase is not the problem. It's when they catch you, that's when the problem comes up. <laughs> yes, I can imagine. And uh, then you can't be an astrophysicist because you've been clocked in the head one too many times. And back then, for Grand there, there you go. Maybe there they, you go. Hey. <laughs> maybe they had leather helmets, which uh, yeah. uh, none too protective. You would think about that, Jerry. Do you think they got on that quicker? Like, ah, this leather's not really protecting him from that 300-pound man. Mm, All really? right. <laughs> Mr. Robertson, we do have to get going here and, and, and wrap this program up today. Where's the best place for people to watch and follow this new show? I know some folks are excited. CRTV.com. That's what they told me to say. Remember, I'm <laughs> computer illiterate. Yes. I'm trying to get these words down, .com and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. What? Somebody asked me, by the way, how do you function without operating a cell phone or a computer? My answer is very peacefully. Yes, I can imagine. <laughs> when people say, ah, you know, Phil's out of, Phil can't be reached right now. Oh, what, he has it on airplane mode? No, no, he is airplane mode. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. have a <laughs> cell phone. So. I'm jealous. So jealous. That's it. All right. Well, you know what? It probably comes with... Uh, Ah, it comes with a lot less complications. That is at Duck Commander PR. You can watch it on CRTV for monthly members and subscribers. Mr. Robertson, thank you so much. We appreciate it, brother. And we're going to wrap this show up because there's some music. Completely free of charge for the entire month of October at louderwithcrowder.com slash mugclub. That's a full three-month trial of Mug Club at louderwithcrowder.com slash mugclub. Because anything else would be a violation of human rights.
Thank you so much. Phil Robertson, Kevin Sorbo, Lauren Southern. Great show. Uh, great show. Morning, Brian. I can't get my, my headphones <laughs> dropped in my bucket. <laughs> <laughs> your headphones dropped in your bucket. Have sound, sound, uh, sound right, guy Edward. By the, by the way, what is wh who is sound guy Edward? Sound guy Edward. No, get back there. Get down. <laughs> Dear Lord, sound guy Edward is an unnamed Hollywood pedophile. Yeah, of course he is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, pretty much what I thought. Um, <laughs> it just reminded me, you know, being that being as fat as Harvey Weinstein, the floating problem. When I was a kid, you remember uh, those like floaty belts? Remember those? Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. I still use you them. can talk, Gerald. I said, just don't interrupt my closing set. You can uh, talk I was, now. I was, I was told not to, not no, to I say. Said, I was told to sit here quietly and look like a gay like, middle ages guy. Did you guy. remember those floaty belts when you were a kid? Yeah. That, like around, like yeah. they were the most dangerous thing I can think of. I remember as a kid, just you'd have to kind of swing yourself, tip over, and then you're upside down with your legs kicking, and there's no way to get back. I lost six friends. That's that true. <laughs> Yeah. Jared's the guy tipping Two them Venus over under the water. and a fern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the, the, fer, the fern gully mascot should not have gone that way. It's hilarious. You deserved more. Oh, okay. This is a story people have been asking me about. And by the way, we just tweeted, we, we tweeted out who was uh, the winner for the, the, the costume contest. We're disappointed. Um, <laughs> you can do more. No. Um, Bernie Sanders was on my flight. We went to Burlington, Vermont uh -huh. to shoot a video. It's not out yet. And Bernie Sanders was on my flight. You can see here. Wow. This is this is him, and uh, it's just so iconic. He was sitting right at. The, he was priority boarding and <laughs> seated right at the. Look at the drape, it, it, the dividing line between first class and him. And you know that's a point of pride for him. He's basically oh, yeah. in first class without the snacks. <laughs> and every time they came by with like the free drinks, he still he was on his iPad and he did this. He was like, hmm. <laughs> Are you trying to go back non nonchalantly? I picture the big guy who, who, who can't resist like tipping his feet over the line a little bit, like. Uh, and by the no. way, what was that? He had no carry on. No carry on. No check back. But he also didn't have a briefcase, so no work was being done. He's <laughs> flying back from Burlington to DC, I should say. I had a layover in DC. That's normal. And uh, I, you know, I texted you guys. And I was like, "Hey, he's on the plane." I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you have to do something. You have to get us. You have to mess." I'm like, "I'm not going to mess with him." Like you have to get a selfie. So I changed into my Socialisms for Figs shirt, naturally, in the, in the <laughs> airport. By the way, if you've never changed in an airplane bathroom, guaranteed way to end up I like on a plane. Tommy you, gun. You have that just at the hand. At the, at the but it was, it was in my, uh, my okay. carry-on. So I put it on, and I was planning on just getting a <laughs> selfie with him. This was the night after the Ted Cruz debate. Um, and I just, I couldn't, he walked off the plane. And I tell you, it was like a painting. It was so sad. Everyone walked one way, and he walked down this hallway. And it wasn't like it was a hallway that, we, you know, he was, there, was no, there were no, no guards around him. You just was walking alone. And the guy was walking alone down a hallway, barely able to move. And I just said, <laughs> I can't. I can't. So you, you, go go you go go trigger shirt for nothing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I put it on, and I told you guys, I can't do it. Because it, it's, it's, like, it's like finding your, it's your fiercest rival, and he's, he's, you have the dagger, and he's just sleeping. Yeah. You're like, I yeah. can't. This, it was midnight. He was tired. And here's the thing. I don't hate Bernie Sanders. I really don't. I think his ideas are wrong. I think his ideas yeah, stem from suck. an evil ideology. They suck. Uh, but I would much rather host him on the show or have some kind of a de you know, debate. It doesn't matter who it is. I wouldn't go up and just harass somebody. Unless it had been somebody who would harass me first. But anyways, so Bernie Sanders was on my flight. I know a lot of people think missed opportunity. I think, uh, you know, I'd probably be upset if someone just came up to me and, yeah. and sandbagged me. Uh, yeah. But then I go back and forth. Like, you know, he also wants, he wants to take all my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> So, I love your honesty. I was so conflicted. Uh, I don't know what to do. You tell me what you thought of. I should have done something. I'd be like, you're a pansy. I think it's hilarious Man, that he was there. 
I just felt so bad for him. It was like, it was like, I mean, it's, it'd be like, even if, if Kim Jong Un were here, you know, like I would, I still, like I wouldn't like him, but I wouldn't be like, ah, piss off Kim Jong and kick him down a cliff. <laughs> I still probably feel bad because he's so little. I think Chank's the only guy that you would do that to. Well, Chank, I was, I was <laughs> on the other he, hand, he forced my hand, and as I did. talked about on Joe Rogan, I was, I can't, I'm never gonna do that again. I felt bad doing it. Jared yeah. knows that. Yeah. But he had called me out before and then offered no recourse with right. debate. I thought it was so cowardly. This was the only way yeah. it could yeah. ever happen. So that was a very special situation, and people know it. Um, anyway, this also ties me to something really sad. You know, we were in Montreal recently. Yeah, we were. And first time. I visited some, this was your first time there. That's first off, what, were you surprised at all when you went? Because this was your first time, and, and you did seem surprised. I was surprised, uh, particularly, I mean, just aesthetically. It, it felt so much more like Europe, it just even aesthetically. You know, much less culturally speaking. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. I mean, they're so close to the, you know, what, like 40 minutes into the, into the border. Yeah. And it's like, wow, we're in Europe. Um, and, and like you said, 10 minutes from the, less than 10 minutes when we stopped at that place to exchange, uh, you know, exchange monies, uh, they didn't speak a word of English. Not a word of Ten English. 10 minutes from the Vermont in border. In a really crappy gas station. Now I know why you, you're so fixated on, like, nice gas stations, because this was, <laughs> was it sad as F. It was really, well, it, yeah. imagine how small your world must be. And that's why when people say, oh, but they love their health care more. Yeah, but these are people who live 10 minutes from the United States I and know. have never learned the language. If you were to ask them, they would say, I'm happier only speaking French. And not French that even people in France can understand, mind you, only in rural Quebec. So that's one thing I had to understand. Like, people who live like 10 miles into the border, I'm like, why wouldn't you just like, like, why are you here? Yeah, it was four I miles. I don't understand. Four we miles into the border. On the way back. Yeah, I, it, it was just four miles from the border. It makes no sense to me. It's like, why would you, you, you don't speak a word of English. And you're paying half your salary, your your minimum wage salary in, in taxes. Yeah. I don't know how they do it. I, I can tell you exactly what it is, and that's that's kind of what what I've been deliberating over this week is um, enough enough good enough is good enough. Yeah. And that's the big difference between you know when people talk about I, I just watched a debate recently I can't remember who it was where they're talking about conservatism versus liberalism, you know going back to to Quebec to Montreal, uh, great food, some beautiful areas, but you would probably say being there I would have much more in common. Uh, being raised with someone from Europe than most kids in the United States. Oh, yeah, by far. I yeah. mean, certainly more than anyone in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely, when I moved to the States, it was much more of a of a culture shock than I would even say. I would say where I was raised is much more similar to Ireland when we visited than it would be to, say, Texas yeah, certainly or the California. culture of people. The culture, the, the kind yeah. of the, and you get into that. But, but it's a culture of yeah. good, good enough is good enough. Um, and these people don't learn English. They're living right beyond the border. I had friends there who just like they just seemed so broken over being in this place. Uh, taxes have gone up, you know, sales taxes, and I, it's one of those issues. These people have never thought of it, and that's why I always say when you it goes back to anytime people get in debates, whether it's Ted Cruz and Bernie Sanders, or recently I can't remember who it was, some kind of a YouTube debate saying, well, actually, people in these countries, when asked, much prefer their health care. Well, yeah, but these people also are paying 16% sales tax, and they're still paying for 70% of the drugs they want. Mm. If you ask anyone, if you ask someone. In Quebec saying, hey, are you happy you're not speaking English? Are you happy that you've never been to the United States of America? A majority of them are going to say yes. That's a subjective question. It's mm. about giving an opinion. The fact that a majority of people give a specific opinion doesn't mean that it's yeah. good. It doesn't mean that it's right. And also, we, we talked about this with your, like some of your friends you know. It's, there's a big difference between the people who know and the people who don't know. People who have kind of been red-pilled and it's like, you know what? I, I'm 
they're, they're broken because they know this doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. They know there's a different world out there, and they've seen it, and they tasted it. That's why, you know, like Sven, Sven, Sven Computer's here. Sven Computer I can't here. even say his name, but it's yeah, here. Yeah, that's no. because the, the plant is heavy. It wears this, on you. This is a tiring well, when, when a guy came up, When a guy came up when we were there, a few people who came up who were fans, we thought, oh, no, Montreal, this is for sure. They're going to be, you know, trying to, to punch us or something. Punch us for and sure, they were the most passionate fans. They're like, man, they know. listen, I know, man. I know. I mean, no one here. My family doesn't get it. And, and, and that's what we say, too. Like, we have yeah. uh, typically our average viewer is uh is a you guys are good a typically our average viewer is a male uh 18 to 35 but when mm-hmm. we get a woman who comes up they are very very passionate like at the gosnell play still going on in new york city by the way i highly recommend you go check it out also owen benjamin's recent stand-up special i, I promise them i'll get their plugs in um or when we have uh, when we were in new york every single person mm-hmm. who came up was either black latino female one was gay they mm-hmm. tend to be the most passionate and a reason for it is, like we've talked about this they go against the grain and with Montreal, it's interesting you use the term red pill. Again, they will go through their entire lives. It's a, it's a culture of leisure, not a culture of productivity at all. It's why everything just gets a little more worn down. We think it's quaint. We think there's more history. We think there's more culture. It's just that their old crap looks just like their new crap. That's the thing. They don't, everything is old crap. I sat and I spoke with the lady at our hotel uh, in Old Port, Montreal, and she was from France. And... Uh, I asked her what the tax, I think it's 16% of, in, in Quebec, if I'm not mistaken. When I left, it was lower because of Stephen Harper, and now it's back up. She said, yeah, you know, that's, uh, it's, you know, it's kind of expensive, but it's not that bad. I said, uh, w- w- what's your income tax like? And it was you know, some, somewhere around 52%, something like that. And I said, do you know in Texas, we, in Texas, there's no state tax? There's no state tax at all? She's like, oh, really? When you buy something? I said, no, no, there's no state income tax. She said, what? I said, there's no state income tax in Texas. I have a lot of family in Texas, none. You mean on your income, like when you get your paycheck? Yep. None. I said, nope. And they have a surplus. How is, how is that? I'm like, don't you, how is that? How do you think that is? <laughs> and she actually said, um, I, don't, I don't know. I would think they have like bankrupt, you know, the year of the debt. I go, yeah, well, think about it. People have more money to spend. We have uh, nearly non-existent unemployment. And there's more disposable income. And so actually, the government makes more in revenue in taxes when you give people the freedom to choose what they can do with their own dollars. She's like, oh, I never think of it like that. You know, I want to travel so much, but uh, I never think. I have to go to Texas now. <laughs> and that's the thing. It is really important for you. This is why I say the prism through which you look at the world determines, first off, what is right and wrong. Because it's effectively an act of force, 52% income tax, right? It's, it's nice that you want things paid for, but it's not an actual realistic, it's not an actual legitimate role of government. It can only be done through force. We've talked about that. But people who don't think of these issues, once they start thinking about them, will ch- their minds will begin to change. That's where you see, you know, we talked about this, the Change My Mind, that segment that went up. We were so surprised, and I'm so happy and proud, not of me, but of the fans who watch the show, that that is, is edging up on a million plays. It was me sitting down for 20 minutes, if you haven't watched it, letting people come up and change my mind. It is the opposite. It is antithetical to cable news. It is the opposite of sound bites. It is speak and let me hear you out and let me get you to question your own position. And people start changing their own minds. And it's very different from when we had a debate this week. Uh, Constine came on from TechCrunch where he came on hostile and he was ready to defend his worldview because this is what this is what I've got. I've got to be glued to this. I've got to stick with this because my paycheck is beholden to it. But those people change my mind. They've never thought of these issues, these kids in college. They've never thought of where a right comes from. People in Quebec have never thought about the fact that when you give people more freedom, you can actually make more taxes and revenue. People in Quebec have never thought of the fact that it is absolutely, here is something, morally reprehensible for Canada to rely on the United States for its national defense. 
When we talk about North Korea and if they could have a missile hit United States mainland, well, before that, Canada. Does Canada have a defense system? No. Who do they rely on? The United States. So there you go. They literally rely on the, they can have socialized health care at 52% income tax and paying for 70% of the drugs that you want because they, which is morally completely repugnant, depend on the United States for their national security. And no one thinks of it. No one thinks of it. I was talking with people in Canada saying, hey, what do you think, what do you think would, uh, would change if you had to pay for your own national security? This person said, well, you know, I can't, I can't believe the United States spends so much on its military and they can't spend on health care. It's just, it's absurd. I said, what, what do you think would happen if, if there were to be some kind of a war to break out with Canada? So what do you mean? I said, let's just use North Korea as an example. I know they're not really a threat, but if they're talking about sending a missile over, right, let's, let's get past Guam. How would Canada defend itself? Well, that's, we have, we have, we're, we're the United States are our allies. Right. So do you think it might change your country's economic outlook if you had to pay for your own sh when it comes to protecting yourself? Can you see how maybe it irks people in the United States? They think we're arrogant. No, I think it is so arrogant. And that is the one thing I could not get past. Bernie Sanders, the arrogance of wanting to take my stuff. I was looking at him just seething over this on the plane, then landing in Canada in a land of people who think they are entitled to take your stuff. And if you say, hold on, hold on, hold on, don't take my stuff. They call the United States arrogant. And you don't need to feel guilty about that. We get people all the time, well, you know, I travel abroad and I'm afraid because they, they don't like Americans. You know why they don't like Americans? Because they rely on us for everything, for medical innovations, for national security. And then we say, you know what? Hey, maybe it's, start, it's time to start paying for your own stuff. Maybe it's time for you to start innovating. Maybe it's time for you to start benefiting us, the rest of the world, instead of us entirely subsidizing you. Maybe it's time to defend yourself. Can you believe how arrogant the Americans are? Yeah, in that sense, I am so proud of American arrogance because I've seen the arrogance from Quebec and Montreal. I hadn't been there in a decade. I went back and it broke my heart because socialism creates an entirely soulless people. It sucks the life out of you. And I saw broken shells of, of men and women who I used to know. And uh, you can just see it beats them down. The United States is the only place where that doesn't happen anymore. There still is some hope. Thank God for it. Guess that's arrogant. See you next week.